CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Himalaya. Hi, I'm Janet Yellen, and I'm an economist and the former chair of the Federal Reserve. So, Justin, you've just had some really exciting news in the U.S. Yes, the next president, President-elect Biden, just announced his pick to be the next Secretary of the Treasury, which is one of the most important economic posts. And I understand it's going to be Janet Yellen, the former chairperson of the Federal Reserve, who I understand is a friend of yours and Betsy's. Yes, we've known Janet and her husband, George, for, for many years. They're one of the nicest pairs you'll ever meet in economics. And more than that, they're, they're deep and serious thinkers. And somehow they're ridiculously modest as well. Wait, you mentioned her husband, George. Yes, that's George Akerlof, who won the Nobel Prize in economics a few years ago. Oh, wow. That sounds like quite a power couple there. <laughs> yes. And they have a son together. And you'll never guess what business he entered. You're going to tell me he became an economist. <laughs> a very talented economist, in fact. This is a special Think Like an Economist mini-episode, and I'm Justin Wolfers. And I'm Nastra Antavakoli-Farr. Our usual co-host, Betsy Stevenson, won't be with us today because she's hard at work on the Biden transition team. She's working as part of the team at the Treasury, in fact, so she's not really meant to be talking publicly about these things. But we've got an even better guest this week. Well, sort of. You see, Janet Yellen isn't just a terrific economist. She's also a friend of this podcast. So much so that as we were launching the pod... I asked her to record a few thoughts about what it means to think like an economist. And so right now, as the whole world is trying to figure out how Janet Yellen thinks, I thought we could just ask her. Why should you think like an economist? If you learn to think like an economist, you'll discover that you have a tool to answer questions of immense importance, questions that concern not just your own individual well-being, but also the welfare of everybody in society. Let me give you a few examples. Why are some people rich while others are poor? And is there a way for society to achieve more equitable outcomes without destroying the incentive to work? How should we deal with global warming? And what can we do to reduce the tidal wave of unemployment that's resulted from the coronavirus pandemic? How can we counteract the financial instability that it triggered? So, Justin, I like what I'm hearing here. Yes, that's Janet echoing a key theme of this podcast, which is about the breadth of economics. We have the tools to take on the big issues, like inequality, which will be the next episode of our podcast. Or unemployment and financial crises, which we're going to come to in future episodes. So she even lists global warming, which people often don't really think of as being an economic problem. But as our listeners know, economic ideas like externalities and market-oriented solutions like a carbon tax or cap-and-trade are a huge contribution to the debate. Yeah, and as I was listening to Janet just now, I heard two big themes. The first is that we economists really do get to focus on the big issues. And second, there's a more subtle methodological note. 
What do you mean? Notice that Janet Yellen describes economics as a set of tools. This is actually a fairly modern idea. Earlier generations of economists thought about specific sets of problems, whether that's the problem of scarcity or issues surrounding production and consumption. But modern generations, and our podcast, understand economics as a set of tools that you can apply to all sorts of problems. In fact, Janet's probably the only Fed chair to have written about the causes and consequences of single parenthood. But her view, which I share, is that economic tools can help you understand just about anything, from single parenthood to financial crises. Economics has some simple tools to address questions like these that start from the motivations of the many stakeholders involved and show how the interactions among them determine all the outcomes. What does it mean to think like an economist? Economists commonly focus on markets and see outcomes as reflecting both demand and supply. So that sounds like what we've been talking about so far on this podcast. But Yellen is a macroeconomist, I think, while we've mostly been talking about microeconomics so far. It's true we've mainly been talking about microeconomics. But modern economists tend to believe that macroeconomics, that's the behaviour of the economy as a whole, tends to reflect the choices that we as individuals make. So you mean macro is really just the same microeconomic ideas, but it's applied to bigger questions? We economists might say it differently, but Naz, yes. The way modern economists say it is that macroeconomics is built upon microeconomic foundations. Okay, so this is really exciting for me because it means that what I've learned so far is going to be really useful over the coming episodes as we turn to macroeconomics and the big picture. That's true, Naz. And actually, Janet's thoughts give our listeners a bit of a preview of what's coming in future episodes of Think Like an Economist as we start to turn to that bigger picture. Over long periods, an economy's performance depends mainly on supply, the number of people who want to work, and the stocks of land, capital, and technology that affect how much they can produce. But demand sometimes matters more than supply. A case in point was in 2008, when our economy experienced a financial crisis. And in its aftermath, millions of workers lost their jobs, and the unemployment rate rose to 10%, a level I'd not seen in my lifetime. And Justin, what does all of this mean? Janet's describing the framework that we use to describe the economy as a whole. It's a way of simplifying so that we can separate out the long-term trends in the economy. For instance, most advanced economies tend to grow a bit each year, and over time, that adds up. So the size of an economy will double roughly every generation or two. We want to distinguish that from the short-run ups and downs. We tend to say that the economy's long-run economic potential is determined by the resources we have available. Resources like workers, machines and land, as well as the know-how or technology with which we combine them. And the short-run ups and downs that make up the booms and busts tend to be driven more by changes in demand. In 2020, COVID has really dominated everything, including the economy, which has been hit so hard. Yes. And in fact, the COVID economic crisis is really quite unusual in that it was caused both by changes in demand because no one wanted to go to the store to buy stuff and also by changes in supply because lots of businesses can't open when it's unsafe. And of course, this all matters because it affects the unemployment rate. Right. And that big idea that Janet speaks to is that unemployment really matters. It's been a massive theme of her entire career. It motivated her early academic work and much of what she's done as a policymaker. 
I mentioned that I served as chair of the Federal Reserve. Our question was, what could we and other policymakers do? We saw there was a shortage of demand in the economy, leaving millions of people without jobs because there just weren't enough buyers for the goods they were capable of producing. Recognizing the demand shortfall led to immediate policy approaches. The Federal Reserve cut interest rates to zero to spur spending on cars and capital goods. And the government boosted spending and cut taxes. Over the next decade, unemployment declined to 3.5%, its lowest level in 50 years. And that's where the U.S. economy was when the coronavirus pandemic struck. And so that's where the economy was a few months ago when Janet recorded this for us. Yes, and now having helped guide the economy through what was the greatest crisis since the Great Depression, and having previously been chair of the Council of Economic Advisers during the financial crisis, now she gets to do it all again, as the economy is once more in the greatest crisis since the Great Depression. So it sounds like you think we're in really good hands right now. Yes. Janet's not just a first-rate economist and a wonderful human being, but she's also been there. She's been a firefighter and she knows what to do when it feels like the world's falling apart. So, Justin, you just mentioned all these important things she's done, especially during crisis points. Can you tell us a little bit more about her and how she tends to use her economic tools? So I used to work part-time at the San Francisco Federal Reserve when she was the president there. And one of the things that was quite striking was how much she was able to inspire the staff. Folks all of a sudden felt like the work that they were doing mattered. And it mattered because they knew that the federal bank president was going to be reading it, taking account of it, and taking that cutting-edge research and bringing it to the policy debates of the day. And Justin, so she's going to be Treasury Secretary What will she do that hasn't been done yet? There's so much to do. Uh, I think the US response to the current pandemic and the recession is only halfway through, if that. So there's a real question. I think the first thing that will be on her desk is going to be how to create a fiscal stimulus, that is get the government spending more money in an attempt to kickstart the economy, how to provide more social insurance, that is help people when they're down, which a lot of people are right now. And then there's the full array of financial sector things as well. Uh, She obviously has great experience from the Federal Reserve, but a lot of what's going on is regulated by Treasury as well. And there's a lot of concern about the state of financial markets right now. And Justin, I think she's going to be the first female Treasury Secretary. She's not only the first female Treasury Secretary, she's the first person ever to hold the trifecta of jobs of Chair of the Council of Economic Advisers and then later Federal Reserve Chair and now Treasury Secretary, the three biggest jobs in economics in the United States. And, you know, one of the things I admire so much about Janet is it's not just that she's broken the glass ceiling herself. She has put a lot of time and effort herself into trying to raise up other groups to make economics more welcoming and to make sure that there's a bigger role for women and other underrepresented minorities in economics. She wants to hear all voices at the table because... If we don't hear from all different types of people, then maybe we'll be missing some important pieces of the macroeconomic jigsaw puzzle. You know, last episode, when we were doing Presidential Econ 101, you talked of the short run, medium run and long run. So I feel like we're kind of seeing this with Janet in terms of what you think she'll be be doing during her time. 
Very much. She will have to hit the ground running in the very, very short run because the economy is not in a good state. And as the virus spins out of control, it could get even worse. But she can't forget about those longer run things that we need to inoculate the economy now against future shocks because if we have another recession on top of the existing recession, that's going to cause all sorts of trouble. And so she'll be thinking ahead. That's something a Fed chair used to do and something she'll do. Always be thinking a year or two ahead about not only what's likely to happen, but what could happen and how can we take protective actions against the worst outcomes. It sounds like we're going to be in good hands with with Janet. I think this is a first-rate pick. I think one of the things that's exciting about it is it's not going to be seen as a political pick. Janet was an excellent Federal Reserve chair. She had the lowest combination of unemployment and low inflation of any Fed chair, I think, in history. If she brings that expertise to this job, I feel like the economy is going to be in good hands. Justin, I'm really excited to see what she does in her first few months especially. And so we're going to be back next week and Betsy will be joining us. Yes, and I think now I get to repeat the advice to listeners that I think Janet would give them, which is make sure to think like an economist. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Justin. Thank you. To get the most out of this show, check out our bonus episodes and supplemental materials available only on the Himalaya Learning platform. Himalaya Learning provides bite-sized courses from world-class thinkers and industry experts such as Ariana Huffington, Malcolm Gladwell, Tim Ferriss, and more for you to enjoy in the app on the go. Go to Himalaya.com slash econ and enter promo code econ, E-C-O-N, at checkout for your first 14 days free. It's time to think like an economist.